Welcome to episode one of the Two Bros Podcast. Two Bros Podcast. Uh, this <laughs> podcast is the dumbest thing you ever heard. Yep. Probably nope. don't listen to it. No scripts. Just two bros. If you're somehow listening to this, I'm so sorry. We apologize in advance. <laughs> you're you're going to waste your time. Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just about two bros talking about biceps, talking about babes, talking about beers. Beers. Balls. Bees. Beans. Bears. Ba- Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> So, so there's one thing I learned tonight. <laughs> um, Obes, I gotta say, I was very impressed with uh, the amount of beans that your son was able to consume tonight. <laughs> Just going straight for the pot. I mean, pretty impressive, you know. We put a lot of emphasis on the letter B yeah. in this house, and you could tell because Hunter went right for him, <laughs> grabbing handfuls of beans. Should we should we say family members' names in this? Or should yeah, we, for okay. sure, man. I, I, I ain't hiding anything. All right, cool. Yeah, so uh, let's see. So yeah, before the podcast, we were uh, having dinner. I cooked, I cooked my, my best friend Mike uh, a, a beautiful taco dinner. It was beautiful. How was it, man? It was good. Had some guac on there, some delicious beans that were um, uh, cultivated by uh, Hunter himself. Uh, that's Obi's son. Uh, <laughs> I think he uh, he put each individual bean in my plate one at a time, <laughs> and I got to enjoy whatever flavors were on his fingers uh, that transferred to those beans. Um, so that was that was nice. Um, I'm, I'm Obi, by the way. Yeah, this is Obes. This is Obes, one of my best friends here. Um, you know, back in the states, back doing it big, back from the Philippines. Yeah, what, you want to do like a little intro or? Oh yeah, yeah, might as well. Yeah. Right. All right. My name's Obi. I was uh, born and raised in India. Yep. <laughs> no, I was um, from the Philippines, immigrated to America, uh, lived the American dream, went to the Philippines, lived the Filipino dream, and uh, I chose America. Much better country. Yep. <laughs> Who knew? First world country. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Oh, man. So originally born or raised and I started getting like a little like... Like a uh, country accent there, born and raised, and uh, yeah, I was born and raised in uh, Rhode Island, little roadie, you yep. know. Just uh, grew up there with my east, with my very Italian uh, father and, and uh, very French and English mother, um, you know. And uh, eventually made my way out. Well, kind of traveled all over, but eventually made it out to California around uh, high school and met uh, Sir Obes over here. Obi Trice, as some call. In the uh, wrestling said. department, right? In the wrestling department yep. over at, uh, you know, back in Esperanza High School. Shout out to Esperanza High School. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, and so. And we started dating when I was a freshman. Started dating right away. Yep. You know, that was before, uh, before, the, uh, you know, before it was considered, well, statutory. I'm pretty sure you would consider it statutory. That was before it was cool to be gay. <laughs> yeah. We were way ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Especially with this gay lockdown coming up pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, funny story with that is, I this is so stupid, but like we were talking about lockdowns, like in like we were talking about uh, what was it, you know, COVID lockdowns and everything, like the the topic that's been for the past you know two years. Yep. And so Obi's wife Mallory goes, yeah, you know, like my 
my uh, my boss, he's like, he's really, he's really like into these like gay lockdowns. And I'm like, <laughs> or these lockdowns. And I said, and I thought he said, I thought she said gay lockdowns. And I was like, that is very interesting. I want to know more. Maybe about, you wanted a gay I lockdown. Wanted a gay lockdown. You yes. just want to know what that is about. Her boss sounded like a very interesting man if he's talking about gay lockdowns. I don't know what that may- means, but you know, it's very progressive, I guess. I feel like that'd be a good business idea. It might be. It might be. You might get a lot of, you know, people behind that idea. No so so how would it work? So you walk into the gay lockdown, uh-huh. and then obviously you would be sexually assaulted. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into a business called gay lockdown. <laughs> you're obviously going to get sexually assaulted. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um. You didn't pay anything. What's that? They didn't take your payment or your ID. <laughs> okay. Um, interesting, interesting. And then how would this go down exactly? So well, it was actually just under a bridge. And it was a cardboard time that said gay lockdown. <laughs> so rather than going to an established business, now we've established that we're going under a bridge into this. <laughs> sounds scary. It sounds. <laughs> Hunter. Hey, we're doing a podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. Well, Thirty second break. <laughs> and that right, was the family. Right. That was the family. And uh, shout out to the fam that uh, is now back into <laughs> in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> the fam is in lockdown during this uh, this uh, podcast as well. Yeah. Is that right, Obes? My, my my beautiful wife is watching the kids for us, so Mike and I can chill and drink beers and do a podcast. I'm doing the podcast. Two bros podcast. Mm-hmm. Should we cheers with the mic on so they can hear it? Yep. There we go. Oh, always. So, um, yeah, if you're still listening, <laughs> worst decision of your life. Yeah. Shout out to Henry Wang. Thanks Shout for out to Henry Wang. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, Henry. We know it's not easy. We don't know where you find the time to do this, but we appreciate you listening to us. Henry, thank you for always supporting me. Uh, thank you for being such a good friend. And thank you for being our only listener. Yes, the one and only Henry Wang. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so, getting, getting back to the swing of things, I mean, so we've had our introductions, you know what we're about. Um, actually, you know what's a cool topic? Oh, you've been following wrestling lately? What kind of wrestling? Uh, college wrestling. Like uh, the good old-fashioned old straight wrestling. Good old-fashioned straight wrestling? Nope. All right, well, <laughs> we are, uh, what, what is this? So this podcast, this podcast is being taken on... March, what's today? March 12th? March 11th? 11, yeah. Okay, so we got the... When is it? When's uh, the college NCAA championships? I, I don't watch wrestling, man. Perfect. <laughs> this, is a good, this is a good conversation. <laughs> Maybe we can just talk about it in general terms. Okay. Uh, why, why did you want to talk about it? Are you dating well, someone I mean, on the team? You know, I mean, we're just, you know, two wrestlers. Grow, I mean, growing up as two wrestlers, you know, very platonic. I, I couldn't... When, when I think of high school wrestling and my time there... It's like so much love and hate, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, so half my nightmares are still about cutting weight in wrestling season. Mm-hmm. Literally, up to now. Yep. Scarred for life. Yep. Fucked up my knees, fucked up my ears. I can't hear out of my left ear, basically, because my cauliflower ear. totally fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love-hate love, hate relationship. And some fucking reason, I'm going to get my son into it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a discipline. So, How could I not? It was yeah. the worst thing in, in my life. It was the worst and the best thing, right? Yeah. And then for those that are, obviously can't see us now, 
um, except for Henry. I know you already know what Obi's <laughs> ears look like. But, uh, yeah, if you don't know what cauliflower ear is, I mean, it's what wrestlers get when they really just – their ears just take a pounding. The, the cartilage breaks up. They filled with fluid. And Obi's ears are definitely one that have been through the, the ringer in that sense. So Yeah. It's like if you asked your kid to make an ear out of Play-Doh. Yeah. And he was six years old and had one hand. <laughs> and he had his eyes closed. <laughs> That's called like an ear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so some of us, like, were, you know, the hardcore wrestlers, obviously, <laughs> they had hardcore cauliflower ear. I know I was one with that never developed it really, so I was lucky, but that's why we're your uh, headgear kids. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Not, it's supposed to be genetic. That's what they say. Oh, really? Because some guys are like, you know, national champs and they have no cauliflower ear. I didn't know that. Yeah, they say oh, it's genetic. What's his name uh, right now? Um, uh, the kid out of Minnesota, uh, Gable Stevenson. No cauliflower? No cauliflower. Yes, yeah, it's genetic, man. Complete badass. Yeah. Like, the be- like you know, he's the number one. He's going to win the national championships. I mean, I got my cauliflower after six months of wrestling. Yeah. You know, my, when I was a freshman. Really? So it's just it's just genetic, I think. Huh. That's crazy. I mean, you still got to get beat up to get cauliflower. I mean, yeah. But besides that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy because, like, it's uh, interesting. I know... Um, and some people, like, they just develop it from, like, you know, randomly. Like, you know what I mean? Some people, it's like, I know somebody who has cauliflower air who literally got it just from, like, kind of like a, like a little, like, almost like a nervous, like, tick. Like, kind of, like, messing with their ears. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, anyways, it doesn't really have to be from combat sports. Yeah. my point. Yeah, I, I know I know a guy who was just taking a shit. You just took a shit? And then he walked out of the bathroom and he had cauliflower ear after that. So much pressure in his head. It just got through his head. It, 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 just so much strain and then and then now he's not us he's never gonna get into a fight ever again and had a hemorrhage at the same time <laughs> <laughs> life's not fair man, no, man. <laughs> so like so let's talk about like what like let's talk about the good the good and the bad of wrestling and why you want to get your son back in why you want to get your son into it for sure that, that, that's a good topic um wrestling is the hardest thing they're gonna do okay for sure uh-huh. and life now is way too fucking easy that's true so, so even though I have a love-hate relationship with it, I still understand how important it is, you know, for, for, for development. And now more than ever, man, their lives are so fucking easy. Like, yeah. like kids, I mean, our lives were pretty easy compared to our parents, right? And then their lives were easy compared to their parents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, imagine, like, so 1930s, 40s, you fucking survive a war, you start a family, um, the economy's booming, you know, 70s, still pretty hard, but... But um, in the 70s, you would buy a house and it would pay for itself mm-hmm. because you're, you're talking about, you know, like really rampant inflation. Yeah. So, so if you bought a house for $40,000 in five years, your house would be worth um, $80,000. Right. So it, it, it literally just it, it paid for itself. You, you, didn't, you could miss every payment and you, could, and, and you would get your $40,000 um, just from the appreciation of the house. Right. right. So my, my point is, as, as life goes on, it gets easier until it doesn't. Right. Until... Until, like, I don't know, it could be fucking, this war could break out or well, hyperinflation yeah. right now. It's interesting kind of like what you were talking about earlier with uh, uh, just, so the book you're reading is Sovereign People, right? Sovereign Individual. Sovereign Individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not people. Singular. One person. Just one. <laughs> it's just about how to fucking, yeah, so Sovereign Individual. Um, I'm on, like, a history kick right now just trying to read, you know. Just, just, just really influential books. Um, mm-hmm. And Sovereign Individual is just a dude that made, 
like it's like a twenty hour audiobook and he just makes twenty hours worth of predictions based off of um human patterns, like historical patterns and how, how humans behave. Yep. Uh, the basic premise is we're always going to look out for our best interest. Mm-hmm. And if there's an easier, better way to do something, you're going to do it. Yep. And groups are not run based off of, um, let's say, ideals. They're run based off of, uh, like, a, like, let's say, the church um, is ran by its employees, right? Mm-hmm. And based off of how the organization is ran, that's what kind of results you're going to get. The, the incentive structure within the organization determines the results of the organization. Right. Uh, very straightforward thinking, right? I'm not right. saying anything crazy, right? No, no. So, you, so, you know, so what we're, you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier is uh, when it's an employee-run organization, there's motivation to, to build structure around the individual, right? They're, they're going to reinforce their own departments. Right. Those in power will reinforce their position. Right, right. And how do they do that? With more people, more with people, lo- bigger budget, yep. with more process, um, with more red tape, overcomplication, overcomplication, more oh, secretaries. Funny. I mean, literally, it's it's very interesting. I mean, we were talking about this in, um, so it's so it's interesting. It's it it, it kind of goes back to the the thought process of like, is it? Are you? If you're like an hourly person, or if you're like a person like a, uh, if you're a person working on a project. Is it more beneficial to finish the project quickly and to, you know, would that benefit the company? Because, oh, you're going to finish this project quickly. We get it done. We get to move on to the next thing. Or is it more beneficial? Like, what, what is it? What is the uh, approach by the individual? Are they, uh, is this a project that it can be finished, like, quickly and, you know, can lead the company to profit? Or is this an individual in power that's going to drag the project out for, you know, maybe it could have, maybe it could have been finished in a year. Maybe it takes three years yeah. because they wanted that security. They wanted that paycheck. You know, an extra two years. I mean, people are career. Let's say you're a VP of operations. Uh-huh. Your whole career, you're going to be a VP of operations, right? Yeah. So, 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 what are the chances that you're the best man for the job versus you have the right resume for the job? And you know how to play the game and drag it out. Right. And you have the right connections, the right, right network. You know, the, you know, you, someone knows how to work with you, and and they also know that. You know, they they know that you're gonna run it in a way that's gonna benefit them, right? Right. Which is actually kind of sad if you think about it, because like you know, then are you really living life? You know, if you like, if you're like committed to you know working for an organization and you know just collecting, getting that paper, collecting a paycheck at the end of you know, getting to the next paycheck, getting to the you know the fifteenth and the first of the month, that you know, right, right. I mean, are you really trying to better yourself? I mean, maybe, but. Um, I like to think like if you're trying to be like, well, I just got to get to this next check and eventually I'll get, I'll be free. I can, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get this money and then I will, you know, buy an investment property. I'll buy this stock or I'll do this or that, that'll let allow me to have passive income. And it's like, you're just like constantly in this rut where you're like, you're just, you know, you're just hustling to the next paycheck. And it's, it's really just like, what, what, what where is the motivation in that? I mean, the, the, the truth is we're in America. Mm-hmm. So most Americans, they can't afford to take a risk. What, mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? So let's say you think your boss is a fucking idiot mm-hmm. and you could tell him 500 things he's doing wrong and how to do them better. Mm-hmm. And you could go above his head to like the VP or the owner and tell him, here's all these things. Yeah. What, what's the downside of that? You get fired, right? Right. Because you're fuck, you, you just overstepped your boundaries, uh, you pissed off your boss, they're going to fire you. Um, but you can't take that risk 
unless you have financial stability. Because if you lose your job, you're going to lose your paycheck, you're going to lose your insurance, you're, you might lose your house. Right. You know what I mean? So the, the, you the, could lose your family. You could, you, I literally. Yeah. So, so my point is most organizations aren't structured in a way that um, allows for, I don't know what you want to call that, uh, questioning or debate or right. going straight to the boss, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call that. I don't know. They don't, they most, uh, I mean, they, they require you to, to, to follow the hierarchy, right. to fall in line. And I think that, you know, um, and that's been ingrained in us from the beginning, right? You go to school, you listen to your teachers, um, you know, uh, you are in society, you drive in your lane, you know, you, you stay in the, you walk in the crosswalk, you fall, you know, single file line, like. I mean, we're taught we're, we're taught it like throughout our whole lives, right? You kind of like you got to stay within your lane, right? Right. right. Um, and so, but the greatest risk is you know going against the grain, right? Usually, I mean, those like those that are innovators, those that are the idea makers, those are the visionaries, those are the ones that are have all the money. So it's interesting because you know you at some point you have to make a choice: Am I going to play it safe and be? And, and, and you know, you can argue: Is it safe to? Is there a risk in, you know, playing it safe? Like, is there a risk in, you know, there's no guarantees, you know? So is there a risk in, you know, I'm going to do exactly what I'm told and I'm going to climb, climb the ladder and hopefully I, one day I, be get, I get to be like this VP or this executive and I'm going to get this paycheck. But all the while you're kind of playing and biding your time because those that are too aggressive, like, for example, like, you know, we have a friend who worked for you know, an insurance company that used to work for Robes, right? And yeah. so uh, he started there. One of, our, one of the smartest guys I know wanted to get promoted within the first... Uh, one month? The first basically. month he was there, wanted to be the, wanted to be the manager. Right. And it's like, well, that's not how the world works, buddy. But right. he's super smart. Could he have done it? Probably. Probably. You know? Yeah. But, you know, you're dealing with other people. It's not just you, right? So, right. like, you know, what, is that, what message did that say to the guy that was in line for the past three years? Yeah, I mean, there's a way to play the game. Right. You That's what I'm saying. It's a game. Yeah, but here's the funny part, man. So you stay in your lane. You don't speak out. You And then let's say you do that for six years. Um, and then you slowly climb up, whatever. The funny part is a startup's going to come along. And all the inefficiencies that your corporation built up because of this uh, um, kind of velocity of doing things a certain way. Right. A startup's going to come along that cuts all the bullshit. And then you're still going to lose your fucking job because your corporation's going to get outdated. Right. And you're behind the times because you were just kind of slow rolling it the whole way. That, that's the funny part, man. Yeah. So it's like there's only, you can only stop what's going to happen for so long. Right? right. Eventually, the better way will come out. Yeah. If there's a better way that's obvious, it's going to come out. You can't stop innovation and progress and um, vision. I mean, that's the you know, it's you can't really you just can't stop that. Yeah. So, you know, people are always going to... I'm. Mean, someone's always going to be hungry. There's always going to be somebody who's hungry, hungrier. Yeah. Right. So the second you take your foot off the gas pedal and you, you know, you, you're just like content. I mean, that's we we live in a world where yeah, there's a lot of contentness and, um, you know. People are happy with status quo. There's a lot of folks that aren't. And that's why. I think that's why it's interesting to say, like, you know, like, well, why can't everybody just be rich? Why can't everybody just have money? Why can't everybody? You know why doesn't it why like why is there the one percent right well it's because like you know a lot of folks don't want to go the you know don't go want to go the extra mile and and it, and 
I think that the hard thing is you you know um, some people you know and I I try hard like well that's like so that's bullshit like I, I I don't know why I'm not making money and it's like well like n- nobody no none of us really know but I can tell you this much like if you're constantly putting the effort forth like then eventually something happens and you don't know when it's gonna happen right so yeah, yeah. you're just gonna be ready for the opportunity and I think that's like what a lot of the times um, people aren't. Because it's like, ah, oh, I'll watch that. I'll watch this extra episode of Netflix. I won't like. I won't read this book. I won't like um, something that's gonna like stimulate my mind. You know what I mean? Or something that's gonna stimulate my mental well-being, right? To like put me in a better place. To, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm like going well, off a tangent. So, but. so here's what I think, man. I think that the um, for sure you got to work on yourself for sure you got to develop yourself for sure you got to take risks mm-hmm. um, for sure you have to do all that stuff but at the end of the day your effort how hard you work how much you sacrifice is not equal to how much money you make think no. of how much think of how much how hard like all the Mexicans work right bust their fucking ass off dude mm-hmm. 10 12 hour days two jobs um, and they're illegal so they have to take the work right yeah um, okay. and they're getting nothing so, so my point is a lot of people work really hard. I know a lot of people who work super fucking hard. Right. And they're always going to be middle class. Right. And there's dumber people who took bigger risks and are going to be way richer than them. Right. So there, there's, a, there's a false equivalent where you think just because I'm working hard and sacrificing, I'm going to get rich. That's not true. You're going to get rich when you take risks that will yes. make you rich. Yes, that's true. As I'm, so as I'm saying, it's like, uh, you know being in this corporate america like you know if you're if you're just comfortable with punching the clock nine to five not questioning your boss questioning your boss but i'll get that big promotion next year maybe the year after whatever yep is there a risk in that yeah there's risk because it might not happen but is there is there a real risk and is there money making risk not to the level that it's gonna. Not to the way that's gonna get you the one to the one percent. Right, right. You know, so it's it's more of like. Um, I I think there's more. Uh, you're giving up more opportunity costs, you know, by not taking a risk, right? Like, uh, maybe that doesn't make sense. Uh, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it, man. Like, um, like let's say you're you're trying to do the math. Should I should I question my boss? Should I speak out? Should I email the the, Should I the quit owner? This job and start my own company. Right, right, and it, it's so individual, dude. Like, mm-hmm. do you have savings? Did you plan ahead? Do you have a, a someone who wants to partner with you? Do you have access to capital? Mm-hmm. Uh, have you fully thought out your idea? Have you balanced it off with your friends or whatever, mm-hmm. or professionals in the industry? Right, or, yeah, yeah. So for sure, like that, you got to make that decision for yourself, for your family. Right. But it's hard. To, it's hard to say. Like you have, there's one way to do it. Right. Well, there is not one way to do it. Yeah. There never is. Right. Like I mean. You know, so you're you're playing the you're playing the big Bitcoin game, right? Yeah, a bit. So you know, I mean, there's, um, is there risk in that? Yeah, a lot, a lot yeah. of risk. Yeah, right. Would there be more risk if you didn't know anything about it? <laughs> I mean, so part of the game, part of the game is, uh, part of that game is like really educating yourself, right? I mean, you could just can you in, invest in like, you know, the blue chips like you know Bitcoin and Ethereum yeah. and like. You know, they, I mean, I guess the blue chips of the crypto world, yeah, as it were, as it were, uh, yeah, and yeah, you'd probably be all right. You know, you have to probably know, like, you have to know a little bit, like, oh, you know, like, it's. I mean, anybody, anybody can really see it and go, oh, well, Bitcoin was at fifty-seven thousand, like 
two months ago, it's down at thirty thousand. Maybe times, maybe now's a good time to invest. You know, maybe it's not. Who knows? Like they could. You think the world's gonna okay. end? It's all crashing. Let's just say that guy. So let's say Bitcoin's at thirty, and then he buys, and it hits twenty five. Right. He panic sells, and then it hits you know fifty or sixty. Does it get noodle fingers? What is it called? Like what? So yeah, what is paper it? hands? Paper hands. Paper hands. Okay. So <laughs> so. <laughs> He's not. You don't have diamond fingers. Diamond nah. hands. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, all right. So there's a there's an educational component to it because if you don't understand why you're investing in Amazon or Intel or Bitcoin or Ethereum, if you don't understand why or uh, if you understand why, you'll hold on to a downturn. Like Amazon had like three or four ninety percent crashes, mm-hmm. right? And the joke that everyone makes is the only person that held the ninety percent crash is Bezos and his mom, right? right? That that's the joke, right? So, but the point is, they Bezos and his mom understood what they were doing and they were willing. Through education and a long-term vision and understanding both, they were able to hold on. They were able to fucking diamond hand a 90% crash. Well, of course. And they would have been diamond hands no matter what because they're a company. Yeah, but, but my point is it has to, whatever you're investing in it has to go hand-in-hand hand with your education right. and commitment. Right, 100%. Yeah, you're not going to jump ship. I mean, yeah. yeah, if you truly believe in a product – Right, like even when it when it's when it when it's down, ninety percent down. You're di- you're buying more though. Yeah, that's that's a perfect buying opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so like th- if you truly believe in it, you're buying the dips. I mean, you buy the dips. I mean, right, like that's like the motto, right? Like, so what are what are what are some of your investment guidelines that you you pick um, as just a regular bro doing a podcast? What what's worked for you so far? So far, I invest in companies that I believe in. Right. So like number one, like if I think that it's it and and I look so I look at a few things, right? I look at companies I believe in. Now have I always done that? No. I've lost like I've lost like ten grand, like invested in a stupid ass weed company. Um and I thought it was gonna do well. Uh and it didn't, you know, whatever. Up to now it still never came back. No, it never came back. And then they just did a reverse split. I mean it couldn't go worse. (laughs) (laughs) You got out well. So before you got out before it got worse. No, no, I'm still in it. Oh, you're still in it? <laughs> no, 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 I'm still in it. I, so, <laughs> I, it's like, it's like the, sh- the money's gone, like it flew away. So I'm just like, well, if it goes, it goes at some point. But, you know, it, it, will it ever? Probably not. Because, I mean, you just hit a reverse split. So now I already lost 96% of my money. Well, I might as well lose 98% at this point. I, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, bad decisions in that front. Like trend, trends are tough, right? So my advice for um, investing is... Maybe avoid trends if you don't know enough about what you're investing in. Invest in what you know. So, like, that's what I would say is I, like, for example, like, I have, you know, you, um, Joel, like, know a lot about insurance. So, I would ask questions like, hey, what are the be- what are the big insurance players in the industry? You know, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this company? Ask people who are experts that, like, like for me, like, I'll give you, an, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I started at Cloud Virga, like you know, back in 2016, and I like was in customer success, uh, success and support. And so, when I took the position, I was like, they were like, we need a support tool. So go out, do comparative analysis, see what tools are the best in the industry. Yep. Did that, like looked at all these different tools, and I landed on a company called Zendesk. And Zendesk at the time was like, I think the stock was 12 or. 12 or $15 a share. Yeah. And I'm like, they have a really good product here, you know? And, um, in hindsight, I probably should have invested, you know, in it. And cause now the stock was at one point it was at like 150, 
You know, Damn. so I mean, it literally, I mean, but everything went up. I mean, from 2000, if you invested anything in 2016 and, and the company stayed around until 2022, it's probably double or triple to this point in, in the stock market. Um, more so could probably come down at this point um, now. But like, anyways, my point is invest in things that you know, invest in things that are like companies that are innovators that are like the top of their field, I feel. Um, and disruptors, like disruptors are pretty huge. So like, you know, uh, one company that I look at, like that I made a lot of money off of was Netflix, right? Like Netflix probably paid for my first house because I, you know, didn't, I didn't invest that much. And I mean, when I bought the stuff, when I bought Netflix, it was like a hundred bucks, which is still pretty high. I mean, I remember when I did a project on it in school in like 2009, (laughs) it was like, I'm looking at like my, my professor, um, was, I can't remember the, I think it was information technology class. And he goes, yeah, so there's this company called Netflix. You know, I don't, uh, right now at that time, I think they were doing, you know, they're still doing discs through the mail, right? And so he goes, yeah, they're, they're, they're digital catalog though. The company's trying to, you know, uh, put together an algorithm to say like, what are your top 10? Now, like everybody knows like the top 10 of Netflix. It's like, you know, that's what it is. But like at the time there was a contest, like a million dollars, like whoever could come up with this algorithm to give you like, basically like your 99% match and your top tens and stuff like that. Like what you would be most interested in and like kind of refine that to be better and better and better for the, like tailored to the individual. They were looking for that. Someone to build that algorithm like, like a nine, like I think they were looking for like, like a 95, like nine in the the high nineties match for that individual. Right. Based off of their search content and their, in their, their viewing content or their viewing history. You know what I mean? So, That was in 2009. The stock was $10. Can you imagine if I just invested? Like, ah, you know, whatever. Like, I'll invest like $500 in Netflix. Like, I mean, crazy thing. Like, it's like, I guess I would say like, be like, really just be cognizant of the world around you. Like, if you're going to invest in things like, hey, is this like thing that I'm talking about today with my friend or this thing that I heard about in school or whatever? Like, is this going to be the next thing? Like, what is... What's the differentiator? What is a dif- differentiator um, with this thing that I'm talking about versus something else? Like, is this going to disrupt and change the industry? Netflix was one that did, and then you know some of the stuff that I invest in now. It's like I look at it and go, "How can this company? How is this company making the world better or easier or more efficient?" Yeah, and that's kind of that. Those are a lot of the stand- like you know a lot of like electric car companies and stuff like that. Like. Like I looked at a company, I, had a, I owned a uh, stock in a company called Carvana like a while ago. Um, like I bought it at ten dollars, like when it first came out, and that went up to like three hundred and fifty dollars a share at one point, which I sold at fifty dollars a share. Damn it! But you know, like I mean, things like that. It's like their, but their model was like kind of unique. It was kind of gimmicky, but it was like it's a car vending machine. So like they take used cars. They buy these used cars, put them in a vending machine. You put a coin in, and you get your used car like that day. It's like you don't deal with anybody, right? Like, have you heard of Carvana? Nah. So like, yeah, like different companies do it now, but their gimmick was like the car vending machine. They have this massive vending machine, and like you have all these cars like in the vending machine. You put your coin in, and then you buy a car, like buy a thirty thousand dollar car like that day. You drive off, no, like get your, your paper. How do you get the car out of the vending machine? It would like literally like you know like like spin around or whatever like put it on like a, a hydraulic uh you know um uh like elevator like car like you know lift or whatever and then drop it down and you, you the keys are in it and you drive out and you're done that's crazy i mean that was the gimmick it was started by like i uh, like three guys that like three use like a dad and a son and i think one other guy 
uh, out of Arizona. They were just used car salesmen. And they were like, oh, we can make this process better. And so like really like the what sold me on their company was like the gimmick is cool. Like they had their, you know, they had their little shtick. But then um, the thing was this, the idea of uh, uh, their proprietary technology, which was, I look at technology. So I started getting into tech and like in 2000, I, I, I left logistics in like 2016. I got into tech in like 2017-ish. And I'm like, what is, what are companies that have like really good technology? And like Carvana st- stood out because when you went to, on their website to look at a car, like a used car, like it literally had like, so I had like 360 point inspection and you could get in and you could like zoom in to like a spit, like a little dent on the, on the car. And like, this was like new technology kind of like at this time, or at least new to me. I don't know. Maybe it may have been around, but that was like, their technology was so good on that. I was like, okay, this stock is going to be worth something. Like whether they make it as a use in, in this space, like they're, at least their technology is worth a lot. So maybe they'll get bought out by somebody or maybe it'll actually take off. Maybe they'll be like, and I remember I read it and I remember I read a uh, article that was like, this company will be the next Amazon of cars. Like this company will be the Amazon for cars. And maybe that's like, you know, a total hook to get people in to invest. But I like I was sold, and then I looked. At the, I like actually looked at the technology, and I was like, "Damn, this is pretty good." Now, do I did I know anything about the financials or anything like that? No. Would that have helped? Probably. It was more of a gamble, but you know, um, I made good money off that. So, I mean, that's my point: is like just investing off of things that you do a little bit of research on that are disruptors, that are profitable. Um, I don't. You know who'd be cool to have on is like um, Skyler uh, Riley. I don't know if you know Skyler. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, he uh, he knows a lot. Like he's a good investor. He's made made a ton off GameStop. Like, but he sees things and he like he does it like differently, right? He looks at like he's more like hard numbers and stuff, which is probably the better way to do it. But, um, anyways, that's like basic like investment advice, I guess I would give. Yeah, man. Uh, the only thing I would add is you got to look for network effects, which is 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 the user base growing. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, just something I look out for for anything I'm going to buy in. Like what? Like so? Yeah. So like example that like Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin, Amazon. Um, yeah, I mean, if you like, for example, if, let's say you had access to Netflix user data, and you saw that they doubled year over year, right? Or whatever, thirty percent, forty, whatever. Then you, they kept that up for a while. Then just looking at the users. Even if the stock was down, if the users are growing, then you know it's gonna, the price will catch up eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one thing I look for for anything I'm gonna invest in. It has to be growing. The network has to be growing. You know, it's like interesting. Like, what do you think about, like, do you know, um, have you heard of a company called Lemonade? Lemonade, no. Okay, so Lemonade is like an insurance disruptor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it's super quick. Like, you can get, like, rental, rental, renter's insurance in, like, probably five minutes from Lemonade. And it's, Usually the cheapest in the market. Is that important to get insurance in five minutes for renters? I, I mean, maybe. I mean, what, so I think it might I feel be. like price would be the number one thing. Well, that price is. Price and limits and shit. So that is. So interesting. So you're exactly right because I think people look for ease of use in the application. So that's important. But I also think that they look for. Price. Price is number one. Price is king. Probably depends on the industry, right? But I feel like. But I think price is king, right? No, right, right. I mean, if you can do, if if I can get you an insurance quote like super quick, you don't have to do like you know. There's um, the brokerage is a lot 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 fewer people because like it's more technology driven. 
um, then I, that probably leads to lower costs, right? And so, in, so lemonade is like significantly cheaper. Um, and so they've gotten decent market share and their stock price like went through the roof like when they first um, were they went when they first went IPO. I can't remember what they IPO'd at, but at one point they were at like $180 a share. Now it's down to like $19 a share, which is crazy because, you know, I, I don't think the, the the business model was sustainable, like at the prices that they were doing it at. Um, but it's a disruptor nonetheless. So, you know, you had a lot of belief and a lot of hype in that stock. So my point is that might be something that you look at and go, yeah, this is a disruptor. I should invest in this. You know, they're changing the way the the uh, the insurance industry works. Like it's the easiest. This is the easiest um, application to apply for renters insurance on. You know, so you could argue, you know, me and my it's like the best. I mean, is it going to be the progressive? Is it, is it going to be like a Geico? Probably not, because those are like Geico's. Like Berkshire Hathaway owns owns Geico. Like, how are you going to compete with that? You know, <laughs> so I, I feel like if you're a disruptor now, you're just going to get bought out by the the king of the industry. Yeah, maybe you know that's what, what I mean? they're trying to do. So, so I mean, it's um, have you heard of Pareto's principle or or Pareto's rule? Pareto's rule. It's I, like it's an eighty twenty rule. Okay. I actually have heard of this. Yeah, it's 80-20 rule. 80% okay. of the market share goes to 20%, right? Yep, okay. So if you're a disruptor, I feel like the CEO can make money really well. Yep. You'll sell the company. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Too. But I, I just feel like everyone fucking, it's, it, like all the banks are getting, there's like less and less banks every year, right? Less, all, all the small businesses or all the, all the good ideas are getting eaten up by the, 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 the tops. They're getting bought out because the top guys have so much access to cheap capital. Yes. Right, right. That they can give you a crazy offer and you can't say no. <laughs> it's too much money. Unless you really believe in what you're doing. Yeah, unless you really believe and in. You're it. like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm trying to think of like what company, like what would have been, what, what, what's an example of a company like that that got were, bought out? Not no, bought. that said no, crazy money like that, that. Said no. You know, or, Netflix, right? They said no to everyone. Tried to buy them out. Oh yeah, that's right. That's true. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Shark Tank. That I feel like it, I feel like I've watched Shark Tank and that's happened a few times where it's like. They probably just went on literally just to gain like to get hype for their product, but they had no intention of ever being bought by any of the sharks. They might like, you know, <laughs> like Kevin O'Leary is like, I'll give you, you know, I want a royalty in perpetuity for you know. <laughs> you still follow Kevin O'Leary? No, he's a big Bitcoiner. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, but well, yeah, that's that's actually interesting. You know, you look at it. You know, you look at a. Um, you talk about a company that's building its user base. I mean. Is Bitcoin building its user base? Absolutely. But, like, look at the user base that it's built, it's, they're, they're building, right? They're, like, the, the, Kevin O'Leary's a whale. Right, right. I mean, like, he's going to, like, you know, you, you know, you get certain guys that are just, like, massive investors that can be massive investors. I feel like a lot of these guys, too, they see um, the U.S. dollar getting questioned now from, like, you know, the yuan, Chinese yuan. Or, and the U.S. dollar every year is losing market share. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, you'll, you'll probably want to diversify a bit. You know? So a lot of these rich guys are like, oh, I want to diversify out of the U.S. dollar. Yeah. Just in case. Just in case it all goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. Just in case we become Venezuela. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be like really, really slow until it's not. Right. You know? like I, was, I mean, you know, I've been talking about inflation, hyperinflation for a while. Um, Jack Dorsey, the, the, other, the ex-CEO of Twitter, posted like three months ago hyperinflation's here you just don't know it yet 
and he got laughed off. Everyone's talking shit on him, making fun of him, right? Three months later, everyone's like, fuck, hyperinflation's here. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can see it coming. I mean, it might, it might go down. Who right. knows? But my, my point is it's, it's, every, it's, on, it's on the radar now, man. So what does that do? Like, you know, so what does hyperinflation do? Like, well, it's, right now it's just baby inflation, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the idea is um, we're at a point in the, in, the, uh, in the cycle of a country where, let's say, the stock market starts tumbling down. They got to print more money, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, your constituents who vote for you just lost 30% of their buying power. Right. Are you sure they're going to vote for Biden again if they just lost 30% of their buying power? No. So he's going to have to pressure the Federal Reserve to print more money, prop up the stock market. And he's going to live. And he's got to live. Yep. He's, he's probably not going to run again. It's probably going to be no, someone yeah. else. Hell yeah. He definitely won't. Um, but the point is he's going to – they're, they're going to pressure the – before the next cycle, they're going to have the next election. Yeah. They're going to have to print money. They're going right. to have to prop up the market. What's yeah. that going to do? It's going to increase the monetary supply. Right. The increase of the monetary supply is going to increase inflation. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a big – it's like a big game. So that's, that's the, the basis of hyperinflation is uh, it's a political game where they try to pay for more shit to get more votes. But the easiest way to do that is not to tax people because that's not popular. Right. The easiest way to do that is to print more money. But that's the basis. That's a game. So every time they do that, it gets worse. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, so you're giving you know, uh, Joe Blow like you know, 1200 bucks, and he's putting his money away. Maybe he's spending it. You know, but he's also putting money away in his 401k. What, what happens to his 401k? That, that's my point. So what now, happens to his stuff? Yeah. It's going to go down 20, 30%. He's probably not, he's, should I vote for this guy or whatever? You know, he, maybe right. he's on the fence. More people are in the middle now than on the outsides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, might, uh, they, they might not vote for you if, if you lost them all that money. They're going to blame you for it because that's, that's a political tool now. They're like, the stock market went up 10% under my under, – you know what I mean? Right, that, right. That's a thing. Right. Right. Like they did it. Yeah. I did that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I did that. <laughs> you know that, right? Like the Joe, uh, the Joe Biden thing. Like I did that. Like what people are posting stickers like about like everything. So like everything that's like gone up and like um, – like you go to Home Depot, right? And or gas prices, or name anything that's gone up or tripled, like in price, like in the past two years since he's been in office. Like a lot of people are doing that nowadays. They're putting like stickers, like you see, like in memes and stuff, and like like people throw stickers on like you know like uh, a gas pump or like go, like in Home Depot of like you know like uh, buy like some like a like a roll of like electrical wire that was like you know twenty bucks like back in. Uh, <laughs> you know 2019 that is now you know three you know three hundred dollars and it's like you know joe biden i did that you know what I mean? <laughs> so you know it's like you want to take credit for the good you want to take credit for the, you get credit for the bad though too right so um anyways i don't know it is scary to think about though because yeah you're i mean of- he just wants to get reelected, right 100 percent. yeah you want to get reelected, right so what do you do you give people money Right, money makes people happy. Yeah, right. So it's just a it's just a fucking game mm-hmm. to them, right? It's, it's our lives, but they're just trying to get reelected, and this is the system that they're born into. Right. So what does he do? He, he stops printing. The economy crashes. That's bad. Right. Keeps printing. Hyperinflation. That's bad. <laughs> that's where we're at right now. They're both bad. So what happens? Do we ever get the money back? Do we uh, do our four hundred one k's ever come back? Do yeah, our- yeah. I, I'm, for, if I'm gonna have to make a guess, uh, at some point. On the way down, 
which is where we're on the way down now. At some point, they're going to have to start printing again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the whole thing goes up again. So right. there's more cycles, more booms, more busts. Yep. Um, yeah, like, like Weimar Germany, if, if anyone here listening is a, is a history fan, you'll notice for any countries that go into pre-hyperinflation and hyperinflation, there's booms and busts. Right. And they become more frequent towards the end of your uh, national cycle, let's call it. So when is the full on, when, when is the full economic collapse come though? Uh, like when you get when you get to that point, they yeah. have to start printing more, right? To avoid it. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. So certain countries have the means, like, like for example, like the U.S. has the means to go into hyperinflation because we can just print more, right? But a country like Venezuela just has a full economic collapse because they can't print anymore. We money. pay our debts in dollars. Yeah, they pay their debts in dollars. So when the debt con- comes due and they have to pay the WEF or uh, what, what do you call them? The, the IMF. IMF. The IMF. So um, they pay those loans in dollars. Mm-hmm. They get a loan in dollars. You get, a, you get a credit rating from the IMF. And then depending on your credit rating, that's the advantages you get. But the point is America pays their loans in the currency that they create. Ah. Uh, so they're already, they're already <laughs> we got We have more cards to play. Right, right. So no one knows how long this game can go. Right. I'm not going to sit here and be like, in 10 years, America's... No. Like, because we pay our debts in dollars, um, what we should be paying attention to is, is, is total dollar usage as a reserve currency in the world, which is also on the decline. Right? It used to be like 80%. Now I think it's like 60%. I don't know. Um, so will Bitcoin help or hurt us as a nation? Um, I think it's, an out, it's a parallel financial system, meaning it's concurrent with the existing financial system. So you don't lose anything by putting some money away into the Bitcoin network. Right. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a life raft. You don't know when the flood's coming, but when the flood comes, you have a life raft. You have a vo- you have a boat. So is it more, so is the real race then for the, like, is it, is it that the company or the company, the country that mo that mines the most Bitcoin is the winning company or country? I mean, I, I don't like to think about it in terms of countries, even okay. though that is, that is very valid, what you're saying. Okay. That's going to come probably 60 years from now, yeah. like the hash wars, they call it in Bitcoin. Uh-huh. There's like a lot of people that, that have theorized because we went from like kinetic war to monetary war, right? You can see it with Russia. It's not cool. It's, it's not cool anymore to kill a bunch of people with a nuke, you know? So they're, they're, they've kind of leveled up their war game. Now it's, it's a monetary war, but Bitcoin's only like less than a trillion dollars. It's not going to fucking... They don't, they don't need to do anything with it right now. Right, right. Maybe when it's $10 trillion, then, then they'll, have to, uh, they'll have to really address it. How many trillions of dollars are there in the world right now? Cause I think it's Apple like $700 have like, trillion, something like that. Doesn't Apple have like $200 trillion of that? Nah, dude. <laughs> no. Nah. No, but, but what's crazy is, okay, here's something crazy, man. Guess, what, what do you think is bigger, the bond market or the stock market? Well, I guess I'll just go with the bond market. It's way bigger. It's so basically what's happening is a, a bond bubble. Okay. We've issued so many dollar bonds and we've printed more dollars to pay the coupon payment on the bonds we've issued. And so as we print more, we issue more bonds, right? And the whole, the, the cycle of issuing more bonds and printing, bond, printing dollars to pay the coupon payment on your bonds keeps going. So there's like so much fucking bonds out there. I know. I have <laughs> Hundreds like, of trillions. Like $10,000 worth of savings bonds. Right. But <laughs> yeah, but what, what value does the bond bring to the... Okay, stock market makes sense. You're investing in companies. Right. What the fuck is a bond market? 
And why is it so much bigger than the stock market? It's a bubble. It's a big bubble. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's like a whole other thing, man. I'm actually just starting to study it now. I'm just getting into it. So like, what happens when that bubble bursts? Yeah, um, a lot of people are, are um, so basically right now you get like, um, what's your coupon payment on your bond? How much are they giving you? 6%, oh, 5%, well, well, 4%? It depends, it depends in, uh, at what point it is in the life. But like, yeah, some can be 10%. But that's like, no, that's like very small bonds. Yeah, there's a there's a cap on that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, it, these are thirty year bonds, right? Thirty year savings bonds. So what happens? Like three percent, probably. Yeah, it fluctuates, right? So you might get, I might be getting like point seven four percent. I might then it might bump up certain years to like three percent, then it bumps up to ten percent for like a short amount of time, and then it bumps back down. But eventually, at the end of it, I'm really getting maybe double the bond price, whatever I paid for it. Around that, so okay. I'm like, I might get a fifty dollars savings bond, like an EE bond, and depending on the type of bond too, right? The, 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 you know. Well, here's the thing, bro. My point is, your bond is less than the inflation rate now. Yeah. Declared inflation. Fuck the real inflation. Number. Well, anything less than what fifteen percent is pretty much less than inflation. But they're the, so so their official number is like eight percent now, right? Eight oh, percent. Okay. That's what they're saying. Okay. And then your bond payments more. like one percent or two percent. So by buying a bond, you're guaranteed to lose 6%, according to the issuer, according to the government. Well, yeah, it's crazy. I That's mean, not even the real literally number. Literally, I just said a 30-year bond, a $50 30-year bond, and I get like $107 30 years later. Really? That sucks. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know? so this is the bubble, right? Yeah. This is the problem. Yeah, interesting. Okay. But a lot of these uh, corporations, they have mandates where they have to buy bonds. A lot of the pensions, they have to buy bonds. Right, that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's part of their uh, charter. Their, their, well, that's like isn't that the rule? Right, like as you get closer to retirement, it's gotta go bond heavy. It's, 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 it's safe. But man, it's a fucking bubble, dude. I don't know when it's gonna burst. Like I said, because we print dollars. Mm-hmm. We 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 print our own fucking payments, so no one knows how big it can get. Right. Yeah. But I know it's a fucking bubble for sure. Interesting. Who is the guy in um, uh, the Big Short? Yeah, what, what yeah, yeah. Name? Michael, Michael, Michael Birdie. Michael, yeah. That's one, dude. I so I was gonna buy Bitcoin in 2016, like a big purchase. Yeah. Uh, I sold the property, and I was like, "What am I gonna do with this?" And oh, then yeah. I started going on Twitter and like listen, listen, like reading comments and shit. And 2016, 2017, something like that. And the reason I didn't buy Bitcoin is because of that fucker, Michael Birdie, fucking hates Bitcoin. Dude. No way. Yeah, I, and I, I respect him so much, right? I really respected him. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but um, a lot of these OGs, not a lot, I should say, a lot less now. I mean, now you have a lot of people buying it. Mm-hmm. But before, back then, 2017, um, dude, everyone was like, don't buy it. Stay away. It's the end price, of the world. That? 2017, probably like $3,000 or $5,000, something like that. Because I remember I was looking at like 2018. That's when Tom was trying to get me to buy it. And it was like $3,000. I was like, this is crazy. Oh, I mean, it, it, bur- it keeps bursting, right? I wish I bought it. Yeah, obviously everybody. Gets it's it's hard to think for yourself, man. Yeah. It's it's hard because these guys are good well, at what I got they a lot do. Of Tron. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of Tron. Oh man, it's like he's like yeah, he's like these are all these altcoins are risky, man. Maybe you just want to do it in Bitcoin. Frig, I wish I just did my three thousand in in Bitcoin instead of doing it in Tron. That was really stupid. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what the future holds, but but my my bet is a lot of these nation states, uh, a lot of these countries just saw Russia get canceled their dollars got canceled yeah right so if i was a nation state or if i was doing business in russia 
I'm going to start thinking about how the fuck I'm going to, um, I don't know, do business, <laughs> how the fuck I'm going to uh, exist outside of the Russian ruble yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Probably smart. So, so that's just, that just happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So you, you got to give it months, years, give it years to play out. Yeah. But that's on the table now getting canceled because of your, uh, you know, you can cancel your, yeah. Yeah. You're just a business owner in Russia. You don't fucking care. You sell uh, computer equipment. You know, you sell machine parts to America. All of a sudden, you're completely cut off the system. That is pretty interesting to think about. You can't cancel Bitcoin. You can't. I mean, they can't even cancel torrents. I can still torrent movies. That's true. They've tried to cancel that for 20 years. How the fuck are you going to cancel something that's 10 times? <laughs> I need you to come over and set my Plex player. <laughs> dude, whenever people are like, oh, they're going to ban Bitcoin. Plex server, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Plex is legit, dude. <laughs> Fucking love Plex. Yeah, but people are like, they're going to. First of all, the executive order just came out now, a week ago, right? Biden's like, wants America to be the leader in uh, crypto development. Yeah. So that, just forget about it, getting canceled. But even before that, I was like, dude, they can't even ban torrents. How the fuck are they going to ban Bitcoin? No, it's great. I mean, now, now it's, a, it's a mood argument, you know? Right, right. I mean, 100%. I mean, you can't cancel Bitcoin. You can't do <laughs> you it. Can't. You can't do it, right? It's too big. They can't even cancel fucking torrents, like I said. Well, you wouldn't be able to do it if you wanted to, right? I mean, you would, um, okay, here's the thing. How would you even cancel Bitcoin? Uh, you have so, to destroy all the servers. You know, I took two classes, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is my, I'm, taking a, I'm taking the second class right now. So you would have to take down all the nodes. Yeah. Right? Which is. You'd literally have to destroy, like, every, you'd have to, do, like, we'd have to go completely dark as a world you'd have to take down the internet network and not only that but bitcoin's being broadcast from satellites now because this company called blockstream is also very paranoid because they're bitcoiners so they put satellites in outer space that shoot the bitcoin network down dang so you have to take down all the network here all the nodes which are anonymous and then you have to take all the satellites in outer space that are shooting destroy all of the external hard drives (laughs) that people have their shit on yeah because you can save the bitcoin network in a usb stick yeah it's two gigabytes. And then you'd have to basically, and then people know how to build computers. Bro, the whole network is, it fits in two gigabyte and a two gigabyte flash drive. That is crazy. That's nuts. So, there's I mean, no it's... Way to destroy it. people, you, there's no it. Yeah, people It's are fake always, news. Yeah. It's, it's a mood argument now. Yeah, you can't. Right? I mean, like, like uh, 10% of all network activity is in China. And they banned it last year. So, I mean... <laughs> how'd that go? Yeah, that, that, that's my point, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mood China, argument, right? Yeah. So, and, and the reason they did that is because they, they don't want to get canceled, right? A lot of these guys, they, they want to be able to get money out. If you can get Bitcoin, you can easily put that on any exchange or any peer-to-peer network and get into a local currency, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, before it was just a theory, right? It was, or it happened very rarely, but now it's a thing. <laughs> it's a real thing now, man. Like they got canceled in Russia. Yeah, when when they canceled Russia, they the Bitcoin network spiked like the price went up for like six thousand dollars in one day, right? And, and then um, when the people got their their money out or whatever, it went back down. Price went back down. But I mean, Russia has made a um, a, a commitment to really start aggressively Bitcoining Bitcoin mining now as a result. Hasn't yeah, they? yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I think I mean, it's on the national stage now. I mean, there's like everyone's talking about it. Banks are buying it, and mm-hmm. it's a matter of time crazy well oh by the way not financial advice i think we have to say that on the podcast not financial advice everything on here is the stupidest thing you've ever heard we are owners of bitcoin (laughs) 
Um, we, we should disclose the R owners of Bitcoin. Educational purposes only. Edu- yeah, you do you will with, do you will with the information. We're not here to <laughs> persuade you in any way. So you know. Yeah, yeah, but the basic argument is it's a fixed monetary supply. Twenty-one million Bitcoin forever. Mm-hmm. But they have. But when? So the last Bitcoin will be mined in when? Like. Uh, like a hundred years from now or yeah, something. I thought it was like twenty one hundred or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, the the miners are going to use the fees to, to process transactions, something like that. Fees? Oh, because yeah, miners, right? Bitcoin miners. Yeah. And then they post the transactions basically, or they they um they they create the blocks on the blockchain. So how? What is it like? How 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 can you just how can you say like twenty one million is a number? Or billion? Was it billion? You Twenty-one said? million. Twenty-one million. Twenty-one million. Yeah. How is that the number? The the Satoshi, the guy who made it. Uh huh. He from day one, he just put that into the fucking thing, and it's been the same program since it came out. So could people could people alter the uh, program of Bitcoin? You would need fifty-one percent of nodes to. Oh, which to are agree impo- with which you. Would be impossible. Well, you would have to convince fifty-one percent of people to lose money, because they're gonna you you're gonna have to convince them to make more of what they have. Interesting. Yeah. So no one's gonna. No. It, it's game theory. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> it'll just keep. It'll just keep getting bigger and bigger. And unless it's such an obvious problem, like aliens came and they're like, "You have to make more Bitcoin. We're gonna blow you up," or something. You know. But it has to be. You have to convince fifty-one percent of people <laughs> to do. Well, to vote. To know who the. You'd have to know who the nodes are, wouldn't you? And isn't it anonymous? It's completely yeah. It's they call it pseudonymous because the the blockchain is completely transparent. So you could get down to who owns what. No, no. Pseudonymous is just you, your your Bitcoin wallet oh, is online, and and if I knew your address, I could put it in the blockchain explorer. I see. But I don't know who it's pseudonymous because I, I I can only see your ID. You can only see my IP. I don't know your your uh, your 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 address, your my Bitcoin address. Oh okay. I don't know who owns it. Right. But I know it's there. Interesting. Okay. Well, that makes you feel better, right? That it's like, you know, it really, yeah, I really don't think it would ever get, we won't have the same issue we're, we're experiencing today with money, you know, like tangible hard money as we would with Bitcoin. I mean, it's in your phone anyway. What's that? It's on your phone anyway. My Bitcoin? No, your money. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> Except we can just print more of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So... Like people are like, you know what I mean? They they think they want physical dollars, but they live on their cell phone. Right. Oh, I can't remember. I barely pay in cash. Right. I'm never handling cash. So it's not it's not a big step to go from using, um, you know, dollars to using Bitcoin in ten years or twenty years or whatever. No. It's just on your phone. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you just scan a fucking QR code. It really is. Hmm. Huh. What are some other uh, questions you have on Bitcoin? I'm sure some people. I'm sure Henry has some questions. And yeah. <laughs> Henry, thanks for Henry, listening. If you want to call in with some questions? That was a for great one time. viewer, Henry. <laughs> thank you, bro, for supporting your friends. Yeah. Um. It, so, I'm trying to think of other questions that I don't have about Bitcoin. What are like some uh, fud, like some some fucking thing you heard that's like crazy? Um. Let me th- let me think back to like crazy thing I heard about Bitcoin. There's a lot of shit before, right? They're going to ban it. It's controlled by the CIA or, you know, like a bunch of crazy shit they were saying before. I guess I'm curious, like, how would, how would, because I feel like the government finds a way to control everything. 
Oh, they control the on-ramps and the off-ramps. Okay. Because until you turn your Bitcoin dollars today in 2022, it doesn't mean shit. Right. So all those the on-ramps. Fees. You're saying the fees to go from. No, from going, turning it into dollars, mm-hmm. you need, like, like uh, in your bank, you need to go through a, a bank-type entity. Yes. So they still have full control of the banks, bank-type entities. Okay. Unless I give you, like, Bitcoin for dollars. Or sats for dollars, like face to face. But that's very, very few. Like if I said, hey, here's a hard drive with 2 million Bitcoin. Right. Give me hard cash for this. Right. But I mean, how many people, <laughs> there's not that many people doing that. No. Is my, is my point. Right. Interesting. So, but, yeah. So, yeah, that is, a, so that is how they would There's control. still complete government oversight. There's right no now. way. So, there's really no way to, you can't be totally anonymous, right? Because you do have to convert it to cash at some point. Yeah. And they can tax the shit out of you. Yeah, the government still has control right now. Right. But at some point, if both of us trust the Bitcoin network more than we trust, let's say, um, you know, whatever currency they have in, in uh, wh- who's hyperinflating right now? Venezuela, um, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's countries that are hyperinflating, right? Mm-hmm. As we speak. So those countries, they probably will trust Bitcoin more than their local currency. Right. So I could send you Bitcoin back and forth. Right, but if I was in one of those countries, like in, if I was in Venezuela or in Nigeria or whatever, like trying to convert my Bitcoin into the local it, currency, the local currency, yeah, you would go through a bank still. Right, but my point is, if you trust Bitcoin more than your local currency, then you're not going to convert it to your local currency anymore. Yeah, because it's worth shit. Right, right. Probably. So in America, it's not worth more than the dollar. Right. Right. So here, they have complete oversight of it because you need to turn your Bitcoin to dollars still. Yeah, but one Bitcoin. I mean, is but isn't it worth more than dollar? Like one Bitcoin. Uh, you, you can. I mean, it subdivides. Forty one thousand dollars, right? Yeah, it subdivides to like they call it Sats. Uh-huh. So one Bitcoin's like a a uh, hundred million Sats. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, it's just like it's like cents. Cents. Okay. Like a like a, a hundred cents is a dollar. Okay. So hundred million Sats is a Bitcoin. Okay, I see. So, and is that Sat? number fluctuate i mean it does fluctuate doesn't it no it's it's there's so there's 21 million bitcoin Mm -hmm. and each bitcoin's a hundred million sats oh okay so okay then you do the math on that yeah yeah it's just a way of doing computations easier Mm -hmm. so you could buy a cup of coffee okay you know what i mean so it's small enough to you could just buy it with a cup of coffee i could have like you know so a cup of coffee is like five sats or something something like that whatever it is whatever it is Hmm. interesting okay the guy who made it completely from day one, it's been the same thing. Right. <laughs> it's weird to think about, but it hasn't changed. So, like, if I was, like, uh, if I was wanting to get started investing in Bitcoin, like, what advice would you get? Like, we talked about stocks, right? Long term yeah. or, like, sh- like, like flipped, I mean, like, trading. so you asked me a question about, like, what, what I look at when I look at investments, right? Um, like, uh, you and you said, like, you gave me your advice, like, you know, you look at growth markets. Um growth communities right like what so beyond that though if i was going to invest in bitcoin like if i believe bitcoin is it like how do you even get started in it like what do you do if, if you're a regular person bro mm-hmm. i would just go through the stock market and hardcore bitcoiners like when i took a class like they fucking they all shot on me like yeah. they totally shit on me for, for this opinion but 99 percent of people would be better off just buying um a stock like um, MSTR. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But basically, it's a company that has so much Bitcoin that the value of their Bitcoin 
is worth way more than the value of their company. So if you tally the value of their Bitcoin um, and you, you put into a dollar form and then you took the stock, right? And then you netted it out. How much is the company worth? You put that into a dollar form. Mm-hmm. It's trading at like a 22% discount to, to the to value Bitcoin. of Bitcoin. Yeah. Even though it's majority Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. So because it's because you're not buying the digital commodity, you're just buying the shares, stock stock shares in the company. Right. Then you get a you, right now you're getting a discount, like a twenty. Even though, even though you're basically buying Bitcoin, you're basically just buying Bitcoin. Right. So that I would look at whatever company has the biggest discount right now to Nav, um, and then just fucking buy that. So you get some exposure. It's on a stock market. It's on your app, and you have long exposure. Done. And so based off of everything we just talked about, there's no real motivation for this company to sell the Bitcoin. So it's a holding company for Bitcoin. It's a holding company for Bitcoin. <laughs> and you get a free business on top. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that might be one That's what I would go. do. Yeah, just so if it's worth thirty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars right now, you're basically paying thirty what, what, what thirty three thousand dollars for the Bitcoin. So the other thing too that I think that it, I mean, if if we're being kind of candid, like kinda like something that you you've told me you do is you do like uh like loans, right? Like, don't you do like uh, you? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how does that work? So there's companies now. Um, now there's a lot, but mm-hmm. but before there wasn't that many. There's the the company that I use is called Celsius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have a hundred dollars with Celsius in Bitcoin, they give you a loan at one percent, one dollar a year, mm-hmm. and they give you twenty five dollars. So it's a twenty five percent loan to value. Okay. So you have 100 bucks in Bitcoin, you take out 25 bucks, and yep. you pay them $1 a year Dang. For, for that loan because it's your collateral. Yeah. And so you're making, you're making $25 on that $100. Oh, you're turning it into cash. You still got to pay it back if you want, your, if you want to unlock your $100 collateral. Right. You still got to pay back your loan. But you're making 25% on that loan. You're getting 25% cash. Yeah, yeah. And so if you want cash, you don't have to sell your Bitcoin basically. Is there a cap on that? Um, at 75%, they margin call you. Okay. So if Bitcoin, if your $100, $100 worth of Bitcoin is worth $25 now, that there was a 75% crash, mm-hmm. then they would margin call you. And then they would tell you to put more, buy more Bitcoin to bring your balance back, your loan to value ratio of how much you're loaning versus the value of your, of your, to, to 50% again, at least 50%. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Have you had to do that? No, no. Actually, I canceled all my loans because okay. uh, when, when Bitcoin went up, I sold and I canceled all my loans. Um, so like so I buy the dip. If there's like a really big dip, I'll, I'll take a loan out um, and then I'll buy Bitcoin with that. And then when the dip is gone, when the price goes up, I'll pay back the loan. Okay. That's so there's no cash exposure. Right. But I gave myself exposure to the dip at, at no extra... Um, well, basically no extra risk. Okay. Uh, you could do that with, with Fidelity. Yeah, I guess, I'm stocks. Kind of, I guess I'm kind of getting a little lost in your explanation. So I'm trying to like, uh, I guess we're getting into like the deeper stuff, right? Like a little bit. I mean, maybe it's not that deep. So, so um, what, what part? What, what do you think? Of- um, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to understand. Okay, so I get the part. I get the, like, so if I put $100 up like in Bitcoin, then they're going to give me $25 essentially to loan it. They right? lock your $100 Bitcoin. Lock my $100 in. Give you 25 bucks cash. Yeah. And then, but, I, but when I want to take my $100 back, is there a time? You pay back 25. Oh, you pay back, back 25. 
It's just like paying back a loan. Like, yeah, let's say you have your, um, uh, what's, what's a good example? You get a mortgage on your house, a reverse mortgage. Right. Right? You can't sell your house until you pay back the reverse mortgage. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But what, what would I do? Okay, so I guess I got to think about it a little bit differently because maybe I'm just maybe I'm getting confused because it's Bitcoin. Um, just change Bitcoin for something else. Okay, so if I if I bought if I had a hundred dollars in Bitcoin and then uh, I, I'm gonna lock it in for a loan, they're gonna u- they're gonna use that money for whatever they use it for, right? Like to you know in, for more investors. Rolling it out. Yeah, lo- yeah. Other okay. Uh, they're gonna give me twenty five dollars. So essentially, I'm just loaning them. They're giving me t- you're giving me twenty five dollars short term to give for me to give you a hundred dollars, and then I get my original hundred back, and then but I still get to pay them. Well, the, the you, so you would only get a loan if you needed it, oh, and I you see. didn't want to sell your bitcoin. So okay. if you wanted money but you didn't want to sell your bitcoin, right? Then you would get a loan against it. So how does this motivate? How does this how does this benefit you in any way? I didn't sell my bitcoin. Okay. So let's say, um, let's, say I, I, let's say the price of Bitcoin today is a 40000 mm-hmm. And let's say it crashed to $20,000, right? right? So, so I don't know if that's the bottom. And I don't want to sell my Bitcoin, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's going to go up. Right. But I want to buy Bitcoin at $20,000. Right. I want to buy some. Oh, I see. Okay. Now you take your loan. Now, now you that, take yeah, because I don't want to sell it because it's so cheap. I lost so much money already. Right, right, right. But I also want to buy the dip. Okay. Okay. I see. I see. So they'll get, okay. Okay. And that's where you get, that's where the loan comes in. Okay. Yeah. I see. Only if you need it. Like not, not just for fun. <laughs> right. Right. So then if it spikes back up again after, you know, now you can basically sell for much more. Right. Uh, makes total sense. Yeah. So I'll sell that Bitcoin and then I'll get my collateral back. Okay. It's just giving you options basically. Right. It's not good or bad. It depends on how you use it. It's just a tool. It's just a mathematical, you know, it's code. It's just a tool for you to. You could fuck yourself with it. You can you can time the dip properly, or you can panic and fucking lose everything. So are these are these kind of all the things that you do right now? Like when you're buying Bitcoin, is there any other thing? Are there any other methods that you use? Uh, I try to buy like so. There's public addresses, right? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of things, but one of the one of the coolest things that you can only do with Bitcoin is you can find the wallet addresses of the whales who have a good uh, history of buying bottoms and selling tops. Okay. You can follow them because it's pseudonymous. Interesting. Okay. So I have a link on my on my um, on my on my browser. That's uh, the guy's name is Whale Number Three, mm-hmm. right? That's just uh, I follow a group and then they call him Whale Number Three. And this fucker is so good at timing the bottoms. And maybe he has inside info. Maybe he's a fucking I don't know. I don't know. But for some reason he bats. You know, he has like eighty five percent accuracy, right? Yeah. So I, I always check his account if, I'm gonna, if I feel like, oh, is this a good time to sell or is this a good time to buy? I always check his account. And then I've, so far, whenever I think it's a good time and I check him it's a good time and he's doing it, then I'll, I'll, I'll do it too. Okay. So you're basically mimicking the, this particular whale. Yeah. So I do that with you know, a lot of different addresses. So he, might, so he might come in and go, oh, I think the market's going to crash. I'm going to sell right now. And he'll do it maybe a week or maybe even – well, it's so, Bitcoin is so real time. That he might do it even like a day or two before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's some, these are, I mean, besides the usual technical analysis, looking at the macro picture, you know, besides all the shit you do for stocks. Right. These are other extra things that you can only do with crypto. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? Well, it's really cool. I mean, there's so much transparency, it seems. 
hundred percent transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I don't know who this guy is. Right. All I know is he fucking is smart. Could and be he, Kevin O'Leary. He could be Kevin O'Leary. Who <laughs> <laughs> fucking knows, man? Yeah. All I know is he has Mr. Like, Wonderful himself. <laughs> I know. All I know is he has four hundred eighty billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, and uh, <laughs> he's doing quite well. Dang. Okay. So it's not Kevin O'Leary. Oh no, for, forty-eight billion. Sorry, forty-eight, 48 billion. billion. Okay, 48 maybe billion. it is Kevin. O'Leary. Yeah, it could He's be. Could be him. Game. He's back in the game. <laughs> wow. Hey, you want to change topics, bro? Yeah, come yeah. on, investment. All right. I feel like we go. Bump, bump, bump. Biggest dump of the week. Dump of the week. The biggest. The biggest or the smallest. Either way, it's a dump of the week. We're dumping of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, why don't you, Obi, Why don't you tell them what the biggest dump of the week is? All right, biggest dump of the week. Um, should we explain the segment? Yeah. That's so saying. the dump of the week. Oh yeah, I thought you wanted me to describe my dump. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, dump of the week could be an actual dump or okay. or a big mistake right. that you made. Right. So yep. biggest dump of the week. Uh, my biggest dump of the week. Let me see. Biggest dump of the week. I um, I took out a big fucking loan, uh-huh. and I was gonna do a day trade. So I got. I I, I was fucking hundred percent convinced. Master, you gonna buy master? Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I was just regular day trading. Okay. Um, so I took out a big loan. I thought Bitcoin was going to be at a 39. I thought 39K was the bottom uh, of the, like, just a short term trade. Yeah. I don't know. I was just fucking, I was just like bored or yeah, too yeah. much time. I don't know. Overconfident, got way too high. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I thought 39K would be the bottom and it would shoot up to like 40, 41K and I would close it. So I got this big position ready. I started the trade at 39K. Price drops down to 38.6. I, Chickened out, closed everything, and then the next day hit forty k. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. I didn't. I only lost like a thousand bucks, but it was uh, that was my biggest dump of the week. Uh, <laughs> the biggest dump of the week. 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 What was my biggest dump of the week? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, I my, mine isn't like crazy money wise. Uh. I'm trying to think what my biggest dump of the week would be. You could just talk about a, a real dump. Yeah, well, no, I did. Speaking of which, I came over. <laughs> <laughs> actually, my biggest dump of the week actually came at your house. Hell yeah. So believe it or not. So we had, so like I said, we were having dinner earlier. Yep. And, uh, you know, just in, enjoying some delicious tacos. Yep. Courtesy of Chef Oves. Yes, sir. And, uh I was like, okay, you know, uh, before we start this podcast, I gotta, I gotta run to the restroom really quick. Uh-huh. So, anyways, I use Obi's son's restroom. Uh, these are two young, uh, <laughs> his, guy, his kids are crazy, and so I literally walk into the bathroom and there's just a fat dump in the toilet. <laughs> they just didn't flush, and that was my biggest dump of the week. You were in there for a while, bro. Dude, I don't know whose that was, but <laughs> Obi's kids are literally like, I mean. You know, the oldest is, what, six? Yeah. So uh, these are small boys, and that looked like a grown man dump. <laughs> and so, that was Hunter. Uh, that was Hunter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter's three. Holy moly. Boo, that, that, that guy eats three breakfasts. Holy crap. Every day. And he's so small, right? And I don't know, man. That, it looked like half his body, to be honest, in there. He loves it. And actually, I'm not kidding, bro. Whenever he has a good dump, he calls everyone. <laughs> He calls everyone in the house. Biggest dump of the week. Biggest dump of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You, you can ask Mallory. But you're going to catch it if you come over like oh every other God. Friday. I you're feel gonna, like he left it there for me to see. He does. 
No, he comes out. He comes out naked, and he goes, <laughs> "Daddy, mommy, look, look, look at my log." <laughs> oh my god! And it was. Yeah. Oh my god! That was like I actually, I didn't know whether to you know tell somebody about it or just kind of just flush it and be like, "This is this is <laughs> this is probably a normal thing here, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, this is a dumpy household. Biggest dump of the week. <laughs> Anything else you should go over, bro? Um, no, I mean, I think this is a pretty successful podcast. Yeah. Learned a lot about Bitcoining. Learned a lot about dumps. Learned a lot about dumps. Thank you, Henry, for sticking around. Henry, uh, God bless you, man. Uh, we got to do something for Henry. What is... What, oh, Weiss for Wang. We forgot about Weiss, Weiss for Wang. Wang. We're have to, should, we, should we go for Weiss for Wang this week? Or? Uh, yeah, this podcast is brought to you by Weiss for Wang. Weiss for Wang. We're trying to, uh, my, my good friend Henry Wang, we're looking for a wife for him. So if you're uh, beautiful and rich and young and you're looking for a very, very sensual man. Sensual is his middle name. Um, just send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> Send your resume. <laughs> you can uh, you can page us, fax us. Um. <laughs> just just uh, Google Henry Wang and um, send him your pictures. Make sure you put Henry in front, and not just Wang. You want to make sure uh, you're not just googling Wang. And um. <laughs> you might find you might find there's twenty or thirty Henry Wangs when you Google his name. Just look, send it to all of them. Look for the most central of all the Wangs. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, thank you again for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We appreciate you, Henry. We love you. And And, uh, we actually forgot to record the podcast. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Did we we, we record? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's do it again in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. That was fun, bro. The, uh, The podcast. Podcast number one complete.